Good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. We talked about Clerks last night, and that kind of made me think of the 90s. From 94 to 95, there was this movement. Um, There's this article called Against Hollywood, American Independent Film as Critical Cultural Movement, and it truly was. Someone such as Clint Eastwood, who was aware of the buzz of Pulp Fiction at Cannes, in 1994 he talks about that and then you have kevin smith's clerks and then you have friday in 1995 so there was something for everyone in terms of this independent cinema movement think about it you have friday Clerks, Pulp Fiction, you've got Kids, oh my god, Kids, uh, directed by Larry Clark, written by Harmony Corinne, talk about independent, and then you have these people in the film who would go on to be, you know, like Chloe Sevigny and Rosario Dawson, I've seen Clerks, or Clerks, (laughs) see where my brain is, I've seen Kids, Kids is a wild film. There's a lot going on. It's It's got a pretty gritty story. Then you have The Basketball Diaries, directed by uh, Scott Cal- Calvert. It was based on The Basketball Diaries by Jim Carroll, Leonardo DiCaprio, Bruno Kirby, Lorraine Bracco. Mark Wahlberg, Michael Perioli, you know, even uh, De Niro, who's in it. This is this is the era of independent cinema. But I want to focus also on Friday, because Friday, directed by F. Gary Gray, who was doing music videos. He still continued to do music videos. Most famously, he directed TLC's Waterfalls. If you remember, there was a lot of special effects in Waterfalls. Friday kind of borrows from Clerks, but it also has that up-in-smoke kind of feel. You've got, I mean, it was written by Ice Cube and DJ, DJ Pooh. You've got Ice Cube, you've got Chris Tucker, Nia Long, Bernie. This is before Bernie Mac was Bernie Mac. You've got the late Tiny Zeus Lester and the late John Witherspoon. Even Regina King. Think about that. Academy Award winner, Emmy winner, Regina King in Friday. She but at, that, at that point, she'd been around a long time. And I remember when the buzz about Friday was coming out. And it was being filmed. And you thought, oh, okay. And then I remember when it came out, the soundtrack was great. And then I remember watching it on a hotbox. Oh, yes. I thought it was hilarious. It was so fresh. And then you have these moments that are now within the lexicon. Bye, Felicia. It's Friday. You ain't got shit to do. Today's Thursday and tomorrow's Friday. So in that, is that, well, I didn't plan on doing this, but it is throwback Thursday. You've got the Brothers McMullen, which is directed by Ed Burns, who would go on to, you know, be in, uh, Saving Private Ryan. I almost thought of the parody of that. You've got Empire Records. You've got Mall Rats. Yeah. 
It, it was an interesting time. And I think when I was watching Clerks, I thought about that. I thought about this well, this wonderful independent cinema. And then along the lines of some of it's about nothing, kind of like Seinfeld. Thank you, Larry David. See, I'm all over the place tonight. Um, but then these independent filmmakers, you, you, they really owe it to John Cassavetes. John Cassavetes took independent cinema. First of all, him and his wife, Jenna Rollins, did something really smart. They were in these big budget films like Rosemary's Baby. And then they would put the money and apply it to their films. They would bankroll the house. The house was on the market. Meanwhile, they're shooting the exteriors, everything in their home. Their kids are in the films. They're playing with their best friends. That's what filmmaking should be about. It doesn't have to be about, okay, the studio, the studio, the studio. And and that's sometimes where, okay, Clerks, the first Clerks, hilarious. The second one, maybe a little bit of that is where the studio kind of took over, okay? And that's what happens, you know? It's like these independent bands in the 90s, okay? You've got Nirvana, you've got Pearl Jam, sign with these big labels, you know, they're getting their bellies rubbed. Yeah. And that's what money does. And then you think of the, the, the silent filmmakers like Charlie Chaplin and Mary Pickford who ran United Artists. They formed it and in, they were the first independents in terms of doing it themselves. I was thinking about this, you know, with a group of podcasters that I know we could make a movie with the different personalities and, and you don't even really have to play a character. You're just playing yourself. Yes, I am aware I have a lot of eccentricities. I am very humbled and at the same time proud that I'm eccentric. That wasn't always the case. Growing up, it's like, oh, you're weird. When you hear that as a little kid, it's like, oh, ouch. And it, and it bursts your bubble. But when you're an adult and when you're a teenager and you're an individual, being eccentric is actually really cool. I can entertain myself. That's why when I went to see Cypress Hill, people were like, you went by yourself? Uh, yeah. So I'm going to wait for someone. Hey, I want to go with you to that Cypress Hill thing. No, I don't do that. If it's if it's a group or an artist that me and another person can agree on, great. Great. But when it's a band such as that that I grew up listening to, I'm going to do it myself. We would call that an impulse purchase. But at the same time, flying solo. And that's why I love these independent filmmakers who still continue to just make the films that they want to make. Oh, my God. And and I want to give respect to Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith, who really... I was watching Clerks, and there were so many things that I went back and I was like, okay, there's some Charlie Chaplin in there where him and, um, you know, it's Jane, Silent Bob, hello, and they're in the film. And it, there's almost kind of a Chaplin kind of aesthetic to everything within it, you know, and then, of course, he went on to do Dogma with George Carlin, hello, <laughs> 
what's beautiful about these independent filmmakers, these are truly mavericks. Even someone such as uh, Richard Linkletter, his film Slacker. And then, yeah, Mallrats. Mallrats is funny because, you know, you've got you the introduction of Jason Lee, who was originally the skater, and Shannon Doherty. She's, she's, in, she's in Mallrats. I haven't seen Mallrats in a long, long time. Directed by Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith really... Talk about a maverick of filmmaking. Very independent. I, I, I love how his mind works. And then you look at the films that he made as a filmmaker. And he was, you know, he was inspired by Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing in terms of how to shoot it. He maxed out his credit cards. He did it. And so did Chasing Amy. Let's see here. Isn't that interesting that within the 90s, you have all of this beautiful kind of um, div- well, you have diversity and, and you look at the music, the music, it's anything and everything you could want. Comic books. I want to look at Kevin Smith's filmography. Okay, so Clerks, Mallrats. This is as a director. Chasing Amy, Dogma, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Jersey Girl, J-Lo, Clerks 2, Zach and Miri Make a Porno, Cop Out, Red State, Tusk, Yoga Hoosers, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, Kilroy Was Here, and oh, okay. Oh, they're doing Clerks 3. Really? Okay. Interesting. Oh, here's the premise. This is this is interesting. After surviving a heart attack, Randall Graves decides to make a movie with Dante Hicks about their lives at the Quick Stop convenience store. Oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> okay, good. Oh, they're already doing it. Principal photography began on August 2nd, 2021 in Red Bank, New Jersey. So I, I guess I have to bone up and watch Clerks too. Sometimes a sequel, the big heads get involved and it, and it falls flat. Was... Escape from L.A. really a sequel to Escape from New York, where Escape from New York on its own is classic and everything that you could want. And it's beautiful. And I want to give a a nod to Jason Almy. Yes, I'm going to watch Big Trouble in Little China because there is there is the uh, trilogy aspect of these films that John Carpenter made with Kurt Russell. These independent filmmakers. John Carpenter also, think of how big and how major the film Halloween is, okay? Think of how major in terms of cultural significance. You've got a a Halloween sequel coming out this year. I remember seeing the one. It was Jamie Lee Curtis returning to the forefront, 
It was amazing. I, I really enjoyed it. Not to, you know, I remember when Rob Zombie did the Halloween movies and it was just like, yeah. But it does put you in the Halloween-esque aspect. Not so much the pumpkin spice latte. I've never understood that. It's like Britney Spears. I've never understood that. Or Avenged Sevenfold. I know I'm going to piss off some people who like Avenged Sevenfold. Um, Cute. It's cute. You know, I, I like extremes. Want to talk about music? Well, let's talk about Meshuggah. Let's talk about Tool. I like extremes. Okay? And, and, and you know, those of you who love Avenged Sevenfold, great. Or Britney Spears, great. I don't. <laughs> when it comes to film, I, I people have approached me and said, Oh, this it looked good in the trailer and it sucked. And I've said this before. The trailer is designed to reel you in. Whether it's good or bad. Okay. It's phoning it in. It is up to you to watch it. If there is a film with a lot of hype, the Avengers, it's going to fulfill the hype. Because they know, okay, we want to keep the audience salivating. Roger Ebert once said that the trailers sometimes show too much. And you're like, wait a minute. And then you have trailers that I've talked about before, like the, the House of Gucci, which is so... That trailer alone could win an award. Or or like when they brought Downton Abbey to film. I can honestly tell you, watching that film and hearing the theme, even in a trailer, it gave me goosebumps. That's what the trailer is designed to do. So in the 90s, the teaser trailers, or as my friend who worked in television calls them, the hot 15s, the hot 25s, because you have to show so much and convey it within the 15 second, 25 second teaser trailer mark or one minute trailer mark. The length of a trailer, especially a te- I think the teaser trailers really get your attention because you have to go back and watch it. And I've talked about that with the girl with the dragon tattoo. That teaser which premiered 11 years ago or 10 years ago is truly magnificent. And also the, the, the music. You've got Trent Reznor and Karen O doing Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song and it ended up in the movie. That is the intro song to the movie. Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, directed by David Fincher, almost opens like a James Bond film, which is kind of funny and ironic since James Bond himself, the current one, is in it. Daniel Craig. So there is a James Bond aspect. In fact, the, the girl with the dragon tattoo won an editing award at the Academy Awards. Best editing. Rooney Mara was nominated. So, and even David Fincher. David Fincher started out in independent cinema and then had to do the big, you know, Hollywood film, Aliens. The third one, I think. So... If I could, let's look at the, I, I own several independent films and I love them. It's such a beautiful thing to go back. Okay, you've got Harold Ramis, Groundhog Day. Is that really an independent though? If you think about it, 
we look at the 90s and you look at these very small films in the 70s they were a little grittier you got something like Shaft and Foxy Brown and Coffee but in terms of independent cinema in the 90s and the 2000s you think of how it extends and that was always the thing if you wanted to win an Oscar you did an independent film so a lot of these filmmakers they owe it to Cassavetes they owe it to Brian De Palma they owe it to think of George Lucas George Lucas' first film was not Star Wars it was THX an independent film and then he went on to do American Graffiti and everyone lost their minds so these filmmakers these big filmmakers I think at the end of the day and even Lucas himself said that he wanted to make more films like American Graffiti that's why he only directed the first Star Wars film he didn't direct more until he had to do the prequels that says something about his character that it's about the art it's not about the money some of you may think it's about the money but it's about the art and the lasting impression of it and that's why these independent films when you're when you're a teenager and i think that's the best time to watch them it stands out in your imagination very fresh i can remember the first time i watched pulp fiction I was a little young for it. Think about it. Think about, okay, I'm watching Pulp Fiction and I'm watching, and I've talked about this at length, John Travolta stick a hypodermic needle into Uma Thurman. I don't know what that's about. So there's that aspect. And then the dialogue. And then with Clerks, you know, the, the funny thing about Clerks is the first time I watched that, I was in college. I had heard about it. And I remember we had done our studies and we had all passed. And so, you know, we would party and we watched movies all night long. We watched Clerks, we watched Amityville Horror, we watched Dawn of the Dead until maybe six in the morning. Then we all went to sleep. (laughs) It was it was college days. And that it was about independent cinema. That's what it was about. Even some of the remakes that were made by independents. So tonight, that's what I want to leave you all with is, and I didn't play any clips or anything. Think about that. Think about your group of friends or acquaintances. You could all make a film together. But don't so much act. Don't write. Come up with ad lib. That's the beauty of independent cinema. Ad lib. Think of those ad-libbed moments in Taxi Driver because, you know, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. So that's my assignment for all of my listeners tonight who, you know, you listen to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. And and I want you all to think that you all are filmmakers in your own right. And you don't need a big camera to do it. You could even do an audio film. That's the beauty of your minds is just applying it. And so that's why I talk about film. I talk about this beautiful art form. 
and how you can really apply it to how you want it to be. You don't have to rely on a big studio. As always, unpleasant dreams.